passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. We did the intro, guys, and it sucked. And then Barry, we were like, let's just do that as a warm-up. And Barry started stretching like Richard Simmons. You had so much energy. You're like, yep. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get that one out. We worked the kinks out. That's right. And now we're ready. It's like our. It's like a first preseason game, almost. Yeah, you got to stretch a little bit. You got to do like those high leg kicks, like layup <laughs> lines. Do the Knicks do high leg kicks? I guess I they know. do. Yeah, some people do. All right, guys. It is a hard Knicks life. The pain, the passion, the podcast. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic, go ahead. <laughs> I was just thinking that nobody really does call me Axe. Like, it's just, why do I say that? It's just me and you talking. And yeah, every, I call you Axe, and sometimes it's you confusing. Last week, you called me Craig, and it confused the hell out of me. Well, that's good that you say both names at the beginning of the show, then. Just in case you go either way. So I'm doing, that's it, for right. you. I'm doing it for you, then. No, you're doing it for the listeners. I have no. I I like you saying that. All right, so I have those two names, and then on the other mic is this guy Barry. Just Barry. Just Barry. I mean, it's Barry motherfucking D. Right. It's not just Barry. Right. All right, guys. This is season three, episode eight. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Russ from Sydney, Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Axe? What's going on? The Knicks are back, dude. We are back. We are bopping opponents in the head with a basketball, which I have never fucking seen. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was wild shit. That was awesome. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. How have you been over the past week? Good. I mean, I've been so looking forward to getting back in front of my TV and flipping on MSG so that was great and you know you, you, you envision all these new guys you know there's like eight new players that they that they got in their team six returning players and you know you, you, you have these images in your head who's playing with each other so it was good to actually see them on the court see a couple of uh you know units and lineups together it was good yeah so we're going to talk about our first preseason game which you just touched on a little bit we're going to talk about everything that happened in that there's all this Durant shit that came out today yeah. yep showing up right. on hot 97 for Dude. over a half hour yeah nice little interview on there normally we don't i don't think we would talk about Durant, but he talked about us so so we'll talk about it let's fucking get right to it barry we're gonna yeah. start off with a voicemail all right we're gonna do things a little differently today huh? 
All right. All right, you ready? Yeah, a little top of the show VM. What's up, guys? It's Manny from Stanford. Uh, hope you guys had a good off offseason. Uh, glad to hear you guys are back. I appreciate what you guys do. I know it takes a lot of work, but, uh, you know, it's much appreciated. It brings a uh, little uh, joy to the life after a hard day's work. Uh, Barry, as much as I love you, Craig, you are my favorite, so don't feel like everyone thinks that Barry's always your favorite, their favorite. Anyway, regarding the season, that's it. There you go. <laughs> you cut you cut off his question. You just want you just wanted to hear somebody say that you're their favorite. No, I mean it was just like that the Knicks were back. He was saying, and I thought it was a good way to start the show. <laughs> sounded like he was starting a phrase a question there. Was he? No, it's just the end. <laughs> it sounded I think, like it to me. That was it. His phone must have cut out, I guess, huh? <laughs> that's Manny, the dentist from Stanford, Connecticut. Thanks for calling, Manny. You're one of our great <laughs> listeners, so thank you very much. Smart guy. What should we start with today? Do we want to start with Durant or the game? I couldn't fucking decide which way to go. Should we just get the game out of the way? Get Durant out of the way. Get Durant out of the way. Yeah. Are you sure? All right. Yeah, that's yeah. what you made the decision. All right. We'll yeah. get Durant out of the way. So Durant today was on Hot 97 with who? Sid Rosenberg? Not Sid. Peter Rosenberg. Who's Sid Rosenberg? He did sports radio, and then he worked with Imus. He was, like, all around a bunch of different places. Peter Rosenberg's on uh, 98.7, right? Right. He does the and Michael K show. It's so weird that he does both of those shows, isn't and it? And he does Ebro. He also does, like, WWE. He's a busy dude. Do you listen to Ebro? You're just talking like you listen to Ebro. From time to time, I listen to the Michael K show, so I know him okay. from that, and I've heard him talk about doing the Ebro in the morning. Because you're talk, you're pretending like you listen to Ebro. No, I'm not pretending anything. I just told you I don't, but I listen to Peter Rosenberg. All right, so I got some clips, Barry. Congrat, like that's exciting news for you because I know that I've been that those have been lacking. Yeah. Yo, look, Kevin Durant, Brooklyn's own. You don't, you don't, I can't run with that. I mean, that's cool, but I just, I'm not. It's not saying nothing about Maryland. Yeah. It's honestly the reason I do it is because I love to antagonize Knicks fans. I know, I get that too. <laughs> that's I, I really what it. I've seen is about. that walking around in the city. Yeah, the Nets fans, Knicks fans got a little. Thing. Well, it's not even that. So, what do you think about that little intro, Barry? I mean, Ebro, fucking Ebro, likes to antagonize us. And KD <laughs> was. Am I wrong in thinking KD? They did this a couple times where they referred to him as Brooklyn's own, and he did not seem comfortable with that at all. No, he didn't. Because, well, I guess part of it, he doesn't want to come off as ingenuous. You know, I think he, he takes pride in kind of telling it like it is and people not putting words in his mouth. So, yeah, he's not he's from he's from Maryland. I take it as Katie's sort of like, right, you know what, Ebro, let's see how it goes over this next year or two before we start calling me Brooklyn Zone, right? Yeah, is that how you took it? <laughs> That's how I take it. Right. He's not like, he's not committing. He's not fully committed. Sid Rosenberg. Peter. Then had this question. So did you, I have to know, did you at any point seriously consider the Knicks? Was that a real thought? Um, I thought about it, yeah. It's a, just a thought. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't really... I didn't really do any, you know, full analysis on the Knicks. So I know we don't really care about this anymore, Barry, but people have been asked, wondering, like, did he, did he even consider the Knicks? Was it always Brooklyn? I know a lot of us think that it was, I mean, we, he was coming to us until the injury and until the Knicks didn't offer him a max. But how did you take that response from KD? It's a vanilla response still. It It's not telling me anything. It's like, yeah, the thought crossed my mind, but, it, you know, 
it's the type of thing he's not going to say he tossed and turned and lost sleep at night because then it's like he's doubting his decision to go to the Nets. It was a very safe, prepared response. But he didn't say no. Right, exactly. Well, if he said no, he'd be lying. Of course he considered it. Well, did you, did you hear this one? Did you ever consider the idea of going back to Washington to play? I know that's been no. thrown out there. Why does the idea of playing at home, does it seem annoying, the idea of playing at home? What are you talking about? No was so fast. No, no, right. I, when I knew that, I've, every time I've ever asked him, he's, I've known the answer is no. All right, so they asked him, did you ever consider playing in Washington right off the bat without even blinking an eye? No. Yeah, he couldn't cut him off fast enough. And he's from fucking Maryland, the Maryland area. So much so where every time they say Brooklyn's own Kevin Durant, he's like, well, I'm from Maryland, <laughs> right? Right. But no, he didn't even consider his hometown. And now what everybody's been talking about all day, Barry. I'm just going to play this whole long clip. It's like over a minute long, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. And we'll react to it after, all right? Sounds good. Personally, it's my own personal feeling. I feel like the Knicks have taken advantage of their fans too long. I don't feel like they've invested in, you know, this is my personal thing. I don't feel like they've taken the fact that they have the most lucrative franchise in NBA and really invested in building something that, you know, the fans deserve. Like what? Like a team that actually goes to the playoffs this every team. year? I mean, they trying. You know, if that's good enough for they people. They if, <laughs> if that's good enough. I mean, as, You know, and I'm not, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm not even, you know. I'm, so why are you even worried about the Knicks? Because I'm in New York City. You, yeah. But, I mean, they trying. Yeah, nah, they don't cut it after, how I many years it. has it been? I get it, but it's hard to, it's hard to get the best players. Yeah, apparently so. Some of them don't even consider it. They don't even take it even seriously. <laughs> it's hard. Well, what, what is so hard? What is what is? Why is it so hard? I mean, because it's not like they don't have the money. I think a lot of fans look at the Knicks as a brand and expect these younger players who, in their in their lifetime, don't remember the Knicks being good. Right. So like, I didn't grow up with the Knicks. I mean, well, I seen the Knicks in the finals, but kids coming up after me didn't see that. So right. that whole brand of the Knicks to them is not as cool as let's say the Golden State Warriors or right. or even the Lakers or the Nets now you know what I'm saying it's like the cool thing right now is not the Knicks all right KD says the cool thing right now is not the Knicks now he said a lot and they said a lot in that like minute and a half that we just played Barry right first of all I should have said this earlier but KD and just watching that full 34 minute interview or whatever it was I know we're going to rip on a lot of what he says, but he does seem like a he seems like a good <laughs> a good guy, right? I feel like the the beginning of that exchange, he was almost defending the Knicks yes. in a way when it yes. started. He was like they are trying, you know, and it wasn't condescending, it wasn't sarcastic. Um I think it came from a a place of yeah, he was kind of, you know, standing up for them a little bit at the beginning. I mean, he said it over and over again while they were while he was being asked a question. He's like, they're trying. They're trying. What else do you want from them? And in many ways, like, that's a way more even response than we get from well, across the media. Everyone kills it, them as if they have knows. I mean, full control. KD's been on teams that have tried that didn't make it. I mean, he was with OKC. They had all this talent, and yet they couldn't get there. So he knows what it's like to be on a team that's even, you know, what seems like you know, light years ahead of the Knicks right now. He's been there. So he knows it's a process, you know. So he's, he's not going to shit on, um, you know, he's not going to shit on top of shit. I mean, I hate when people like Ebro say, and I say Ebro with such disgust, I'm noticing. 
But I hate when people like Ebro say, he's probably a good dude. Too. People like Ebro, and Ebro who you've never heard of until today. Yeah, right. Ebro. <laughs> Did you say Ebro? Ebro. <laughs> Ebro. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when they say the Knicks have been taking advantage of us, like, I, I, do you feel taken advantage of? I don't feel taken advantage of. I mean, they're doing everything. They, I mean, they might not be making the right decisions. They might be fucking stupid most of the time. But that's not hey. taking advantage of someone. They're tr- like, like KD said, they're fucking trying. Hey, there, there probably are there probably are select fans that do feel like they've been taken advantage of. You know, the the, the people that sit in that corner and bash Dolan. You know, the people that say, you know, this team is garbage year after year. They they probably do feel like that. The people that complain about ticket prices are so high and it's a crappy product. You know, you're selling out, to, you know, corporate seats, but you're not giving, you know, you're not giving any handouts to the fans. You know, where 20 years of just nothing, not developing your youth. You know, we can we can look back at the last two years and say we like what this, you know, new regime is doing. But that's two years out of 20. You know, so there, there definitely could be people out there that feel like that. I mean, if you, know, you that feel being like said, that you being feel said, like I don't you're think being taken advantage of because of the money you're spending on tickets, then don't buy, don't buy tickets. I mean, right. you're that, spending money because you enjoy watching them. That's one aspect. But yeah, I mean, listen, this is Hot 97, okay? It's not the fan. It's not ESPN. You're going to take this interview, you know, for what it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's like a pop culture type setting here, right? You know, I, I don't take, I, I don't know anything about Ebro either, but. You know, he doesn't come with any um, type of, you know, sports credentials. But Rosenberg does, and he's there, and he's asking a lot of these questions, too. Yes, yes. He he brings that to the table, yes. What would you think about KD saying that the Knicks are just not that cool right now? And that's why players, you know, and free age, big free agents don't necessarily come, like, running over here every offseason. That we're not considered cool. There's two separate things, I think, about that statement. One is the absurdity of the statement that it is. The fact that players, I mean, do players really take in consideration a cool factor when KD, it comes to an KD, NBA team? KD seems like he does. So I have so, the same concerns as you, though. And, and, and I'll be happy to break this down even more with you. But that that's the one part of it is the absurdity of that statement. The second part is I think he, I think it's absolutely true. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Knicks are a cool team. No, of course I don't think they've been a cool. cool team either. They're not one of those cool teams. And, some, and, and you don't even have to be a great team to be a cool team. Some teams are just cool, right? Like I remember growing up, like the Chicago White Sox in baseball weren't a great team, but they were a cool team. The Oakland Raiders, they were a cool team. And maybe this black and white theme that these teams have, and that's why you know people see the Brooklyn Nets as cool, just comes to, down to the fact that it's black and white, you know? And that's like their whole goal is this cool factor. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, the Knicks are not I, cool. No, they're not. They're definitely not cool, dude. And I don't honestly, I don't know if they ever were fucking cool. Even the '90s, they weren't fucking cool. It wasn't cool to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, it's cool to be a Lakers fan. Maybe it's cool to be a Heat fan. They got a fucking flame on their fucking logo, <laughs> you know. Like Ebro says later in the interview, like Brooklyn's cool because they have a black and white combination. Their merchandise is cool. Right. Yeah. It is cool. I was in Dick's Sporting Goods, and dude, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets merchandise area looks so much fucking cooler than the Knicks merchandise area. There's so much right. shit. There's so much more shit that you'd want to buy if you were a Nets fan, but I'm not. Right. So I look at that stuff, and I'm like, wow, they have a lot of cool shit. 
I look at the Nick stuff and I'm like, eh, there's maybe like one thing that I think looks cool of like a hundred. Right. Right, and, and and it probably for the most part looks cool because you're a Knicks fan, <laughs> you know that like even pushes it over the edge. So maybe it's twenty five percent cool, but because you love cool. the Knicks, it bumps it up. There's nothing cool about orange and blue, but guess what? Those are our fucking colors. We didn't start our fucking franchise three years ago and we're able to pick colors that are currently cool. Right, we picked them in like nineteen fourteen or whenever the <laughs> fuck this shit started. <laughs> I should probably right. know when the shit started. So so let's go back <laughs> to the first part of this, which is like is it is it how much can that really play into a player's mind? Like when even when they're making their pro list and their con list, okay, how is the weather in this market? How is the market itself? How is the front office? How's management? This is their pros and cons list, like yeah. I do before I take a new job. All right. Exactly. How how is the roster made up? Right. Like, are there where state in, on this list? Is there a state it, income tax? Right. Yes. Good How one. hot are the women? Um, <laughs> there you go. How close is it to my to my my family, my roots? Right. For Ennis Cantor, how many Turkish restaurants are there in the city? Right. Right. That kind of shit. Like, and where? then you got some people saying, "How cool? Cool factor? Is it cool? Will right. it be cool? Will it be perceived as cool?" When I go out and meet someone and I say, hey, I could either be like, hey, I'm a, the starting power forward on the Knicks or I'm the starting power forward on the Brooklyn Nets. Like, wow, that's cool. So much cooler sounding. Yeah, Dude, see, it's fucking and when ridiculous. You say it, and when you say it like that, it actually makes it sound uncool. Because if you're saying it in New York, which is where you're going to be saying it most likely, unless you're on the road, because like we said before, it's a Knicks town. Nick, Nick, the Knicks have higher clout here. And there's a much, much more gravitas that comes with that when you're in the metropolitan area. Again, right. in, in the other part of the country, yes. For, for, for the younger generation, you know, that's coming up, you know, guys in the early 20s, you know, in the mid 20s, those types of basketball fans. Yes, it's not going to hold that to them. But yeah, when you live here, it will. But this is what concerns KD when he's a free agent, is what teams are cool. This is what concerns the, the players in the league. And we're not talking about a younger player in the league. We're talking about Kevin Durant. He's a veteran. And he's his one of his main concerns is playing somewhere that's that's cool. I don't know. He didn't really say that's why he chose the Nets, but he was more referring to why players might not choose the Knicks. But the young guys in the league, they don't really get to choose. At this point, it's all the vets that are getting to choose. Hey, and you know that I can't, you know that, dude. I can't imagine they're not choosing the Knicks because they're not cool. You know that that clip. You know that that we all remember from when Duke played at MSG, and they're in the locker room, and Zion's laughing, you know, saying, you know, hey, you want to play for the Knicks? Maybe he's laughing because he knows it's not cool. You know, we we all know that RJ wanted to be a Nick, but that's a different story. He's got a personal attachment to the Knicks, but maybe the way Zion was laughing about it, maybe that shows something. Maybe uh, Katie's right. That's how these guys look at it. But I don't know. You know, like I said, it's the, and you said it's not fun. It's not cool. I don't know if it ever was cool. It's always been cool to play for the, to say like I play for the Lakers, right? Or I play for the Miami Heat, or who are some other cool teams? The Chicago Bulls. Is that cool anymore? I don't even know if that's cool anymore. I think it's still cool, but I think you know, I think Michael Jordan, you know, made it cool. But I think that I mean, he's got enough, you know historical um uh 
reverence to, to keep it to keep them in the game. So so what do you think if KD and some of these let's use KD because he said it. All right. Okay. KD's chasing around his career of just trying to be on cool teams. Don't you think that goes like with this day and age of these young kids who only they only want to root for teams that are winning teams or like, yeah, the Warriors got cool because they were fucking winning. I mean, that's the only reason they were cool. Oh, yeah. All right, Remember so what they were like was when on we were OKC. growing up? Are you kidding? I know. They were fucking, they were not cool when we were growing up. Dude, like he's on he's on Oklahoma City. And yeah, I mean, even though they were a super talented team, they weren't cool. Where'd he go? He had to go to the cooler team, the team that was winning. He's like, he's like your friend's kids that they have jerseys of like the Warriors. They like Kentucky basketball or Duke basketball, you know, Alabama football. That's that's what's cool now, just teams that are winning. To be honest, I wish KD was the type of player who believed in himself so much that he could go to a team and he's going to make that fucking team cool, you know? Right. Like, think about the Raptors before Kawhi went there. Right. All right, before Kawhi went there, was it fucking cool to be a Toronto Raptor? No. Did I players want to fucking go there? No. No. You know, you'd hear about the city. That was like the one thing. People would say, oh, it's a great city. But you never heard about the Raptors. Dude, no free, agents the wanted Raptors. To, no free agents wanted to ever. I'm not saying they want to go there now, but for one year, for one fucking year, because Kawhi Leonard made it cool, the Raptors were fucking cool as shit. Yeah, they had the fucking Jurassic Park set up all over the place in that city. You know, the, the whole country rallied behind him. It was a cool story for a cool team. And now? And now are they cool? No. No. They're back <laughs> to being they're back to being what they were. There's no expectations for them. You think Pascal Siakam, even with the jump he's gonna make, he's gonna take them to be to be to be uh you know, any any of the top teams in the East? It's not gonna be that easy. Kawhi, one of the uncoolest fucking players in the league, but one of the most talented, made them fucking cool. The players make these teams cool. The winning makes these teams cool. Not the fucking colors of their uniforms, not the fact that Brooklyn now has a gray fucking court, which, by the way, looks like shit. I don't hate it. You don't hate it? I, I don't hate it. it. And, and I'll tell you, I hated their old court. That parquet and then with the black lanes, I hated it. So for me, it's a step up. Okay. Well. There you go. There's, there but, we disagree. <laughs> there we disagree on something. <laughs> All right, let's move on. But wait, before we move on, my favorite part from the whole interview. You know what I'm saying? We're happy to have you, man. Brooklyn oh, Zone, Kevin you. Garnett, he's here, man. Yeah, who's Kevin Garnett? It's I mean, crazy. Kevin Durant. Sorry, oh, Kevin Durant. Woo, before you slip. Before you disrespect. Disrespect. Crazy. It's crazy. That was pretty fucking good. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Brooklyn Zone, Kevin Garnett. Even realize it. <laughs> that, that disrespect right there from Ebro, who's all about it. Yes. All right, Barry, let's talk about preseason game number one. We played the Wizards on Monday night. What the fuck is that, Barry? Sorry. Sorry. What do you got? Do you have clips? I got some clips. Are you going to be playing? You, you think you're the only one? You, th- you think you're the only one that could bring clips to this game? I got clips. All right, <laughs> go for it. So we got our first looks at some of the free agent signings. First looks in a Knicks jersey for them. Marcus Morris, Alfred Payton. We didn't get to see Portis because he was out. Uh, Taj Gibson. Any any first Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington. 
Julius Randle. Oh, how did I forget about Julius Randle? Julius. You're saving the best for last. Julius Randle, who when he's playing, I like to pretend like it's Zion. <laughs> I don't know if you do the he, same thing. He he was faster than I thought he was. He is a he he's a big he's got a big upper body, dude. And I really liked what I saw from him. He you know he attacked the basket a lot. He got in the lane yep. whenever he wanted. He could post up. He could pass. He was shooting some threes, like a good all-around game, not being selfish in any way, sharing the ball, making some nice, like, no-look passes. Yeah, he had seven dimes in that game. And, like, the one, you know, one of the knocks on him, other than his poor defense going into this season, has been, is he going to be able to, you know, when he does get that, either that double coverage, is he is going to, is he going to be able to find other players? And he was able to do that. Yeah, he had seven assists and seven rebounds and 11 points in just 27 minutes. Yeah. And what I loved maybe most about him is even though, like, listen, we don't have a star. I mean, based on the first game and just knowing our roster, like, we probably don't have a star guy right now. But we at least do have somebody. Like, I think he's that guy that at the end of games, like, you're going to be able to rely on him a little bit. Feed in the ball in the post and let things open up across the floor, you know? Like, last season, I thought we got killed in a lot of close games because we just had no... But, like, the only thing we could do at the end of games was, like, iso ball and take jump shots. It's nice having that big body down low that we can, that we can work the offense through in a close game. It's just a way simpler game and you can just feed them in the post and he can hit an open man or he can take it to the hole. Right, right. And it's, and it's like, a much more well-rounded version of what you have in Mitchell Robinson because we haven't seen him be able to do that yet Julius Randle like you said you give him the ball he'll make something happen you know it's not like Mitchell Robinson trying to make something happen before he catches the ball to get himself open above the rim listen Mitchell Robinson I mean he's not you're not giving him the ball in crunch time right right? other than throwing him an alley-oop right so we also got a chance to see Marcus Morris for at least half of a game right a uh, very impressive first half for Morris. Yes, right. Nineteen minutes, seventeen points, seven boards. But the most impressive part of his game, and the most exciting part, was the bop heard around the world. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. This like, <laughs> what was that? Anderson, Justin Anderson, Justin Anderson, all over him. You know, beyond the three point line. I think Morris trying to make some room using his elbow. Oh, oh here we go again, Barry. He's got this. You got this one fucking clip, Barry, that you're dying to play. No, it's fine. I just you know, I just want, I want to be ready. <laughs> you know, so when you, you point to me, I want to be ready. I'm not even going to point to you, so I don't know what you're waiting for. But he makes some room with his elbow, and then he, dude, I, I, have you ever seen that? He took the ball. You could really. I mean, I feel like you could hurt somebody's neck or head like that. Yeah, it was off the forehead. People, you know, soccer players. You know, they, they, they had, you know, headbutt the ball all the time. <laughs> That's like an assault, though. He took the ball and slammed <laughs> he, it into the dude's forehead. Did you hear what he said after the game? Yeah, he was like, it, he was like, you know, he. I, I, no, no, oh. no, 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 I have. Oh, I have okay. Play. This, yeah, uh, sure. Fucking play it. That's right. We're not taking no shit. I got to be honest, Barry, that sounded like shit. So it what did? did he say? Just tell him. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Uh, it didn't come through too well, huh? For me. 
But basically, the gist of Barry was he regretted doing it. No, I don't think he regretted that much. I think he said if it was the regular season, he wouldn't have done it. What the fuck is... I've got Justin Anderson after the game as well. No, I felt I actually felt really guilty um, for liking that play. I was all happy about Morris doing what he did, and yet I'm like conflicted because if that was somebody on the other team doing that to one of our Knicks, I thought it was such a bully move. And I know we talk about bully season; it's going to be great. I do feel a little guilty of how much I loved watching Morris do that. It was a totally disrespectful thing to do. All right, completely. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But, you know, we've been getting disrespected for how many years now? Like, fuck it. Like he said, it is what it is. I don't know what shit Anderson was giving him where he was like, you know, I said we're not going to take any shit from anybody. That's right. Like he was just defending him. But he cleared his he cleared his airspace, you know, <laughs> with, the, with some elbows back and forth. And Anderson was still up in his grill, almost sticking his tongue out a little bit. And that's when he got boxed. But you know what? Fuck it, man. I mean... Marcus Morris is maybe just setting the tone, you know? Did I'm Anderson so... deserve it? No. But he's saying, like, dude, we're just not going to take shit. If we feel like doing that at this moment, we're going to do it. So you might want to back the fuck up and think next time before you get in my face. Because we're the fucking Knicks, and we're back, and we will fucking slam this ball into your face if we have to do it. <laughs> That's right. So we're here. He was like a stamp. Like, we're here. Don't fucking walk all over us. Yep. And that's a message. Yeah. I mean, that was a fucking message, dude. Yeah. It happened in the first half of the first preseason game. Yeah. After Morris has been talking for like, how long about this kind of stuff? Yeah. The, these Knicks are not a bunch of kids anymore that you're going to be able to come and walk all over. We're not going to take it. No. And even when we're not being walked all over, we're going to send you a little message if we fucking feel like it. So that was Marcus Morris. He had a great first half. He had that interview with Rebecca Harlow at the half, I think, where she yeah. said, like, gave his stat line. He was like, oh, shit, I have 17. He looked up at the scoreboard like he had no idea. <laughs> right. And we also got to look at Alfred Payton, dude, who Ian Begley reported today that it's looking more and more like he's winning the starting point guard job. Well, I mean, the more Dennis Smith Jr., you know, sits, you know, you know, protecting his back. And obviously, he's going to move up the ranks a little bit. Well, what would you think of Alfred? Alfred played. Frank played. He was fine. Yeah, no. Hey, look. Alfred was fine. Frank Nelikina, I thought, looked great. You know, I know he, his stats didn't look great, but I thought he looked great. I thought he moved around well. You know, a couple of uh, close shots didn't fall for him, but I liked I liked what I saw from him. We There was a lot to be proud of and a lot of positive takeaways from just this first game, I feel. I really do. Yeah, well, let's. We're going to talk all about it, right? But the point guards. I mean, I noticed this from Frank and Alfred and the whole team. They're making a concerted effort to just push the ball, especially when Alfred was in. I mean, I think that's if he's winning the starting point guard position, that's the reason because Fizdale gets furious when the point guard is not pushing the ball constantly. And I know he got frustrated with Frank last season when he would pull up and not push the ball all the time. Pretty much, Alfred seems to do that. But you notice, like, right off the bat that that team was running as yeah. much as it could. But honestly, like, after one game, I thought it was a wash. Like, whether Alfred was winning or Frank was winning the starting point guard position. After one game, yeah, right. I'd give it to fucking Alfred between those two. Taj Gibson looked great. 
You know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about fucking Taj Gibson. No, but, but another guy. I mean, in 19 minutes, he's putting up 16 points. You yeah. know, he, he he threw up a couple of threes and hit, hit you know, 50% of them. Yeah, hit two of four threes, nine boards, a couple assists. Good, like, even scoring and numbers throughout throughout the whole team, you know? Dude, the, yeah, they had six guys in double figures. Dude, there I'm counting right now. <laughs> there were six guys with seven or more rebounds. Which is yep. fucking all. I mean, that's great. Four yep. of the five starters had seven boards, and then you had Gibson with with nine rebounds, Knox with seven. I mean, everyone was doing a little bit of everything, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, they were making extra passes, you know, which we hadn't really seen a lot of um, in years past. They they looked like a competent team. Yeah, I didn't know too much about Wayne Ellington, dude, and he didn't blow me away or anything. But you could tell that his I mean, his specialty is the three-point shot, obviously. Yeah, he's going to get himself in a spot where he feels comfortable to catch and shoot. And you feel com- I mean, you feel confident every time he takes the shot. It's nice yeah, having that absolutely. kind. We haven't really had that kind of specialist here in a while. Right. From three in that first game, dude, the Knicks were shot almost 43%, which it's one fucking they game. Had like, but. Yeah, but they had like, and they had like 35 attempts, which is high yeah, for Yeah, they them. shot 15 you know, of 35. Of last but they have, I mean... We said this before this game. They brought in a lot of three-point shooters, at least players that were better than their three-point shooters last year. So they should be vastly improved, and that's huge in this league, and they were in that first game. We also got to see at least one of our rookies, R.J. Barrett. Iggy did not get off the bench once. R.J. started off the game 0 for 3. But in that third quarter, right? Was it the third? Yeah, in the third quarter, after after the Wizards came back, pretty much and tied it at sixty. Um, that's right when RJ started taking over yes, the game. Yes, he took like a nineteen-year-old rookie, Barry took over. Listen, preseason game, empty Washington Wizards arena. Yeah, I, look, I'm not worried about what the score was last night. The Knicks could have lost by ten last night. It didn't really matter, but you wanted to see what these players are capable of, even if it's the first game, and I don't care who it's against. But you saw R.J. Barrett going strong to the basket, getting contact, making the shot, you know, getting to the free throw line. Did he did he hit his free throws for the most part? It wasn't great. Um, you know, but I think he only it was like three for five. But uh, nonetheless, he was able, you know, he's got strength and he's got finesse around the basket. And another player who's got a good all around game. You could tell in that one game, dude, he has that like star potential. And when he was taking over, dude, he had that he had that look in his eyes like Fizdale mentioned. You know, he knew he was on fire. He was he was uh, emotional. He was talking shit. He was pumped up. It felt like he felt to me like he could be a star in this league. And I think people yeah. question that. You know, they all look at Zion and Morant. RJ, he's not like that, doesn't have that like excitement factor that some of these other guys have. He took over that game. Yeah. At that moment, in that, in that quarter, he was like the best player out there. He's fucking 19 years old. He was in his own. You saw it in his eyes. You know, Trier didn't, didn't quite have it last night. Um, you know, only I know he eight, only played seven minutes, minutes seven, or eight those seven minutes. Yeah. He didnn't really have it, but uh, but that's also because RJ took a lot of those minutes from him. I mean, thirty nine minutes for Barrett. Alonzo's gonna have a. Hard, I mean, I think he's gonna have a hard time finding minutes on this team. Well, yeah, I mean, if uh, Fizdale keeps you know giving that many to Barrett, which I can't see. I mean, he's not gonna get that many minutes. 
Um, but uh, we'll see. Why not, you know, dude? Trier's got a spot. Uh, Trier's if got he's a not getting into foul trouble, why wouldn't he get a lot of minutes? If Mitchell Robinson dude, could stay the, out of foul trouble, he'd fucking play 40 minutes a game. I mean, R.J. Barrett, he's a great athlete. You know, you can see that. But still, this is, this is NBA basketball. He's not going to be playing 40 minutes a night. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's just not yeah, going to happen. Rookie's not going to play 40 no, minutes a probably not. But I don't know if Alonzo Trier's going to get in there just because he's not playing 40 minutes a night. There's so many players on this team. And Fizdale, I think after the game or before the game, said Knox is going to play some at the two. You got Ellington. You know, you got Frank, you got Peyton, you got Dennis Smith yeah, Jr. Hey. Like, where does Alonzo Trier fit into this shit? If Dennis well, Smith Jr. is coming off the of, bench. a lot of minutes. If Dennis Smith Jr. is coming off the bench, what do you even need Alonzo for? Oh, come on. I don't know. I don't, he's your instant offense off the bench, but not if Dennis Smith is coming off. Dennis Smith still has to prove that he can shoot the basketball. You know, Trier at least has shown that. So does Trier. Trier's shown that he can shoot the ball. From two. And from three, what are you talking about? I know, I know his attempt his numbers, numbers aren't year? that. His attempt numbers were like forty percent from three. Was he? Yes. The volume wasn't there. That was the whole thing. But that's why Fizdale's basically giving him the green light to go ahead and up your uh, three point attempts. Because if you can stay that efficient, you're going to be an amazing player in this league. Well, listen. Last year, his biggest problem sure was consistency. I, I I disagree with you, Craig. I mean, I think he was the most consistent Nick. That there was. Trier? You want to talk about an efficient player? That was his calling card last year. And and, and I don't think it's... I got my Alonzo blinders on either. I know I'm a big fan of his. I don't know. Why are you getting so fired up about Trier? You know who else I've never been fired up about, but I feel like I'm going to be fired up about? And we didn't even talk about him much yet. Is Kevin Knox. I can see it. I would not be surprised... If he has a huge step up of a year this year, I know it won't shouldn't be that difficult, you know, considering, you know, how poor his year as a whole was last year. But I really think his game's going to round out this year. And my expectations, you know, you know, seeing him in summer league and who are you talking even, about right now, Barry? I'm sorry, I'm talking about Kevin Knox. <laughs> I'm looking up Alonzo Trier's Kevin game Knox, logs. From Kevin last Knox year the second to see how inconsistent he was oh, last stop. season. I mean, listen, dude, he was a rookie. So I look at his numbers and he was inconsistent last year. What do you want from me? <laughs> you know, some games he's scoring like 22, 29, and then he's got a stretch of like eight games in a row where he can't score more than seven points. Oh, come on. Because he's not getting that many minutes all the time either. Who else Who do, Who do? else did we like last night? Is that, did we cover everyone? What did you think of Kevin Knox? I... I- while you were reading your your shit or looking up your stuff, I, I, I went on about Kevin Knox. You'll have to listen to the playback. I'm not going to say it all again. You're not going to say it again? No, just because you're not paying attention to your co-host, I'm not going to repeat myself. All right? I expect big things. That's all I'm going to say. I, I'm not, I, I love Knox's game, dude. He, yeah. I don't know what you said before, but his, Go ahead. the size he put on and the way he's able to take contact now and he was finishing so much easier than before. In summer league, his shot looks really good to me. Ah, wet. And it excites me that Fisdale says he's going to play him at the two because I think he definitely can. That's one of the beauties of the depth on this team is the flexibility that that these guys give you. You know, being able to shuffle him around, whether it's somebody getting ejected for hitting somebody in the head with a ball or somebody getting into foul trouble or just, you know, easing up somebody's minutes and just shifting guys over or playing the hot hand and giving other guys rest. You know, it's, it's a good problem to have. Such an interesting mix of players. 
you literally have like some of the youngest players in the league. It's like half the team is extremely fucking young, like between 19 and 20. And half the team is like guys like Marcus Morris and Ellington and Taj Gibson. And right. <laughs> the fact that they're all like playing well out there and together in that first game. Well, that's how an NBA team should be. So you want that mix of old and young, right? So, you know, for all the haters out there saying that the Knicks had a shitty offseason, you know, you're, you're putting together a product on the floor that resembles the makeup of an NBA team that you might want to have. This is how you start to win games again and how you get out of the gutter of being not fucking cool. People seem pissed off at us that we overspent for veterans that sh that should be on like contending teams. Yeah, come on. Like give me a fucking break. Where we actually might have, we don't have a great team this year. We might have a team though that a star might want to get traded to because he might just look at us and be like, you know what, that that right now is not a complete team, but you add me, and that's a fucking complete team. It's got good, solid veterans. It's got toughness. It's got young players for the future. You also have a team where a star may be born, right? I mean, Kevin Knox, we don't know yet. He may emerge as a star. I mean, after seeing the growth that, again, short, small sample size, but the growth that it looks like he may be able to take. R.J. Barrett, you don't know what holds in his future. Dennis Smith Jr. still trying to, to, to make it, you know, as a star. Julius Randle, you know, right on the edge. You've got a team of, you know, it's an exciting team. You know, it's a, is this a better time to be a Knicks fan than at the start of, well, it's tough to say because, you know, we, we, we had different thoughts of KP at the time. I was going to say a better start to the season as it's been, you know, the last, you know, three, four years going into the season. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. If we knew at the end of those seasons what they looked like, it's a lot easier to sit here from this vantage point and say, yeah, the future looks bright. But that's where we are. We're, we're, we're here. We're right now. This is what we're looking at. And hey, if I can be, if I can be happy after a 17-65 and 65 season last year, what more can I ask for? What were you saying? I wasn't paying attention. Oh, fuck yourself. Yo, so let's take a look at some, let's see if anyone asks us any questions about to be on tonight's show, all right? Oh, we did get a bunch of Twitter questions today. Wood in NYK asked about thoughts on Ellington. The way he came off of screens was Corver slash Reddick-like. And should he play over Trier? I think so. We talked about that a little bit. You don't, I mean, listen, we all know how Barry feels about Trier. <laughs> If Ellington, yeah, no. if Ellington is, is that sharpshooter from three off the bench, dude, that's super valuable. To yeah, yeah, and, and it's going to come down to the guys around him. Because, yeah, I mean, Trier is also a guy that's going to you know need the ball in his hands a little bit more also. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I was very happy with Wayne Ellington. I'm glad that we have a guy like that. Leo Valentin. Why are fans of other teams always dick-riding the Knicks for attention? And how do we get Zab Judah to pull up on them? I almost didn't read this because I don't, I don't... What is Zab Judah? Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> Dude, I don't... Like, we're not that cool, man. We're just Knicks fans. I don't know what Zab Judah is. <laughs> I just learned who Ebro is. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know what dick riding means. That means I guess everyone's I think giving us a hard time. It's Yeah, it's it's that. It's almost, it's almost like a Knicks for clicks type of thing. I think, I think it means that 
Yeah, they like they they want to talk about the Knicks. They like anti. I mean, Ebro said it. He likes antagonizing us. Knicks Rewind podcast. Another podcast, Barry. Should we ignore this? No, go ahead. No. All right. What do you think about the way we use Trier? He seems to have a bit of a weird role on the team this year with all the depth. Agreed. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about. It. I know. Again, he 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 didn't. He didn't look well last night, but again, it was, I mean, it was a preseason game, so what, what are you going to do? But uh, no, I think there's a spot for him. I, I, I think he's got a lot to offer. I, I'm high on the kid, so what do you want from me? I know he's not a, a kid compared to these other guys in this team, but uh, but I'm, I'm high on him nonetheless. What is it, 23? Going on 24? All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Follow Barry. At Alonzo Trierstan one. <laughs> that's not that's not it. I'm still waiting to get that one. I'm hoping he deletes his account so I could snatch it up. At Barry Dworkin. Alright, you can call us. At 516-33 Mesh1. Lines are open 24-7. Go straight to voicemail. Leave your questions or your thoughts. Nick's related or not. And remember, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Leave us some ratings, some reviews. Until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.